Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson, pa pa pa. I'm Sam Lifted Delaney, so what? Uh, we're back in the history box and we're still looking at the first ever uh, issue of Loaded magazine from May 1994. We're, we're stuck on the classified adverts page um, and um, there's still about six or seven different ads that we haven't looked at yet, but we're, we won't do them all, surely. I keep looking back at the FX2000 that we did originally with some kind of longing in my eyes. Power Spark Ignition Unit, PB2. Yeah. Widely used in racing. 49.95, well, what keep, time to keep be a, alive. Keep a close eye on Patreon, gang, because it's only a matter of time before IFS FX2000 <laughs> is unleashed. Uh, I'm thinking a uh, minimum £12 a month. Well, I mean, we could go for bigger than that because what we could, it could include, we could actually come round and soup your car up for you. We'll soup your fucking car up. We'll, and we'll, we'll actually fit an FX2000 Are there any other podcasters or content creators on Patreon offering that kind of service? I doubt it. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Um, anyway, right, which bit should we look at now then? Because we've there's got... A, um, obviously, there's a lot of drug paraphernalia. There's two drug paraphernalia yeah. ads. One's for light systems for you to grow... Your own uh, marijuana plants Sen- at home. Sensi. It's a Sensi bull. bull. Yeah, so Light they had systems. to do this in code. There was such more. Yeah. It was sort of, in many ways, you look at the content of Loaded and think, oh, it was much more outrageous time because mm-hmm. there's so much sort of stuff that would now be deemed very politically incorrect. But then you yeah. look at this and it's so coy. Do you know what I mean? When we live in yeah. an age where you can literally just Google buy skunk in my area and, and <laughs> you know or the dealers yeah. like now they've got these ads and they're having to they've drawn a picture of what are clearly marijuana plants growing under a lamp but they have mm. to use this sort of coy terminology that said adolescents who get into drugs love the love the codes and use them even where not necessary because All right, okay. especially with marijuana Marijuana, I always think, certainly when I was a kid, it was sort of felt like quite a sort of very often a middle class kind of bit of rebellion. So, mm. you know, the kids who were really into smoking and selling weed at my school, very often they were the sort of kids who, who actually went to nice houses, who lived in nice houses and their dads were like QCs or what have you, right? Which there was, a, you know, there was people like that at my school and there was pure scum as well. Mm. And uh, but it was well, all, were, you, were you kind of straddled straddled the I two? Had, I had a foot in, camps, in both camps, camps, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was, I was like one of those prisoners in jail who could walk on yeah. any wing. 
Right. <laughs> your, your father worked in the advertising agency, but he also just let your dog out the front door every morning. Exactly. Well, like you've always said, my my weekdays, my weeks were like EastEnders, my weekends like Howard's Way, and <laughs> no one's ever no one's ever summed up my childhood better than that, Andy. And that was that was courtesy of you. So I I could I, I could sort that. of um. I could, uh, like, yeah, traverse both things. But it was often the, the posher kids who were really into marijuana. And I noticed that they loved to use the codes because it made the... Because they were basically good boys from good homes. But mm. they were they liked to feel as if they had a bit of edge. And marijuana yeah, gave them that stuff, opportunity. Yeah. And mm. they would love using the terms and the codes all the time. And I'd sometimes say to them, they say it to your face, you go, why, why are you saying that now? And it's just me and you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like they go, uh, you uh, got that thing, got the got the amounts that Henry you <laughs> ordered, and I'll be like, do you mean the eighth of an ounce of marijuana that you mm. have agreed to sell me? Yes. Oh, easy, mate. Keep it down, and you're like, <laughs> look, you're play acting that you're Pablo Escobar, but you know you live in a large detached house in Southwest London. Your father is a Queen's Council, right? You don't have to go through this meaningless charade, right, to, to make yourself feel a little bit edgier than you are. You want to live like common people. You a, want to do what common a, people do. A little do. bit. There's a little bit like that. I bumped into an old mate recently who was bragging about, you know, his adolescent drug-dealing antics. And I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't understand how some of the better-off kids who I was mates with could always afford drugs, right? Because... It was £15 for an eighth in those days. No idea what it is now. And I used to, like, get, you know, I can't remember how much, but let's say I got £5 a week pocket money. And you'd be out at the weekend with these kids and they'd be buying apes, quarters. Sometimes they'd buy, like, a large amount to sell to make their own lot back. And they'd think they were dead edgy. And some, one of these kids was even bragging to me about it recently. We're now in our 40s. Oh, yeah, I used to buy an ounce every week. And I was just like, yeah, but, but mate, your, your mum and dad were funding that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there was a, I couldn't afford a five draw, right? Because by the time I'd got myself a can of fucking Stella and my bus fare home and back, that was me wiped out for the week, right? <laughs> you were getting your parents to front you loads of money, lying to them, presumably. Or maybe you told them, Mother, I want to buy a nine bar of hashish. Could you front me the money? Because it shows it, it inspires me as a, as a young entrepreneur, you see. I'll be selling most of it and then turning a profit and we'll split it 50-50. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so it was all like a bit sort of, you know, trying to be edgy, but often it was just funded by your rich parents. Yeah. But whatever, you know, fair play to them all. The reason I'm, the reason, I'm not judging, you know, middle-class teenage marijuana dealers, you know, is their bit of fun, I suppose. But it, I, all of those memories have been triggered for me by the code word the coding mm. the sort of, because everyone knows what they're on about but they think it, they make it sound a little bit more dodgy and edgy by using yeah. code language just like just say this is a lamp to grow marijuana with when, when we were on tour last week when we were in Leeds and Sheffield on both occasions both cities I visited the uh, the, the largest indoor markets right 
because I love that kind of stuff. That's yeah. where the real shit's going on. That's mm. where the that's where your 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 small independent traders are hanging out. That's yeah. where stuff happens. And also, you can probably usually get cheap CDs as well. So I was in the one in Leeds, which I think was called Kergate Market. Um, sorry, sorry, if I've got that wrong, Leeds people. But I was in there, and it's massive, and there's all mm. sorts going on. There was some cheap CDs, but there was also a store like hidden away in the corner, and it was called something like Marajuna. <laughs> and, you just, you, and there was like a fucking leaf next yeah. to the lettering on the sign. So you knew what was going on there. They, they, I'm sure they weren't selling the stuff, but they were selling all the paraphernalia. Mm. A bit like in this advert, you know, you get, you get heat lamps and mm. uh, whatever. I don't know, whatever it is you need. Uh, earth, um, fucking, I don't know. Uh. How do you throw <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not anything I've ever attempted. All I know is it was lights. People, people I knew, I think, used to just stick it in their airing cupboard with a load of lights, you know. Right. And but I but, but and then you need the seeds. But beyond that, well, I don't. That's all factories now, isn't it? And they do it in lofts, and they nick electricity yeah. from next door, and then you can always tell where it is because the snow melts on yeah. the roof. Well, I've told you on several occasions about one of my most exciting memories where I went on a raid with the Berkshire course, Police yeah. Force of a marijuana farm. And I said, how do you locate these farms? Is it, have you got, I was like this, have you got a snout? <laughs> 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 have, have you got a canary bird? Wink, wink. <laughs> no, mate, we just use a helicopter that goes over with the old heat yeah. sensors. Oh, so you don't have a huggy bear type character who gives you, you the word on the street. <laughs> you don't meet on the top floor of a, 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 a top floor of a car park that's car been abandoned. Park. Don't use does it anymore. Ever, does he ever slide a briefcase across the floor in the shadows to you, <laughs> and you open it up, and in it is the information he promised? No, mate. No, no, just no, where the no we just got a helicopter. It's very easy. Um, yeah. So. That is. I went, there was. A, where I mentioned the other week that I went to a new uh, rock and roll venue called mm. Lafayette in uh, in the centre of London, the West End, and mm. it's on Denmark Street. Denmark Street. That's the thing I was talking about. You know, it's where all the famous music shops were. Tin Pan Alley. And I said, I was telling my brother. I said, you know, people think about music and instruments and whatnot when they're music publishers when they think about Denmark Street. I said, but what I always think about is that in the late nineties, early noughties, when I first moved back to London and started working in the centre of town, was that there was a, a building just off Denmark Street or on Denmark Street once the entrance was. And it was a genuine you hear this term a lot, right? Uh, but you never think it actually exists outside of silly make-believe films. But it was a genuine drugs den, right? Right. And you walked into this building and you just heard of it word of mouth. A friend of a friend told me it, right? Tell me it. And you, and you would walk into this building and there was burly gentlemen, right, skulking in the doorway who'd give you the right. once over. And then you would walk up several <laughs> flights of stairs and at the very top, right... There was a hatch, a small hatch, like a letterbox size, like gap in the yeah. wall, right? And you would go up to it, and you would say a, a drug name. In yeah. my case, it would. In those days, it would have just been marijuana, right? And yeah. then they handed, and you handed your money through the gap, and they hand it back. 
This is the sort of thing that how you imagine drugs are dealt with when you're a child. That's how I imagined I, drug dealing to be when I was a kid. I, I, you said this was like Hamley's, but for drugs. It was Hamley's. It was amazing. And <laughs> day or night, you could go in there. So I was working in the West End. Fucking and, hell. And sometimes on the way home, I would get off the tube at like um, Tottenham Court Road and just mm. quickly just get jump off, right, go into this building. There was no kind of being shifty. You'd just walk in. Right? Yeah. You wouldn't think, oh, the police are going to, or they're going to arrest everyone coming in that. Just didn't feel like that vibe at all. Walk up, there'd be loads of people in there, you get your drugs, you go home. And I can't remember who even told me about it, but all my mates knew about it, and it was just what we did for a while, right? And, and also, mm-hmm. the other th- sort of thing was, you knew it was not the best quality, but you accepted it because the transaction was so simple. There was none so of the easy. Yeah. bother that there used to be in those days before phones and internet. That it, that I mean, I can't believe the Met Police didn't know about this. Wow, this story goes wow. on. So we, yeah. we were visiting this. I can't remember how long it was going for, but I think it was like the best part of a year. And everyone knew about it. Just go, oh, I'm just going to go over to that to Denmark Street and sort that and go up to that building. Smack right? And uh, And it's like we stopped wondering. We, what we concluded was, right, there's never any old bill and everyone knows about it. It's not a secret. So what this must be is that the police have looked at it and said, well, there's going to be dealing anyway. At least mm. this is done in a controlled, safe environment. There was never any violence that I saw, mm. right? There was nothing dodgy going on. People just walked in, paid their money, walked out. That was it, right? But you could never see, like, the Wizard of Oz, who was behind the wall, the drug and wall. And, of course, the, perhaps, the, perhaps the tenant of the building was perhaps in a, a business arrangement with certain people at the The Met whole building, to yeah. To regard, regard the uh, ongoing yeah, success I mean, of it all. I suppose if it meant there was less street dealers on the streets of Soho, which is a sort of a tourism spot and where a lot of businesses are, the police would have thought, well, that's quite good because it's not ideal for us in a lucrative area like yeah. Soho for there to be loads of dealers or, or junkies walking around. So that's what I concluded. And so we thought, well, we're on to a good thing here. No more fucking minicabs onto dodgy council estates in the middle of the night for us. We just go and do it like our grocery shopping, right? Yeah. Then one day in the Standard, I'm on the way home. Not a day that I've been going there. The whole place has been raided, including, if I remember correctly, special police jumping on zip wires down from helicopters onto the roof. Because the top room where all the drugs were kept had been galvanised with like thick layers of extra concrete and stuff like that. Right. So the old Bill just turned up out of the blue one day with all the fucking mechanical drills and battering rams (laughs) and zip wires and the fucking lot. And they took the whole place down in a dramatic SAS style raid. Cool. And yeah, I didn't know. I thought... Oh, that's a shame. That place is gone. But also, awesome. Yeah. And again, I was conflicted because I was thinking, oh, glad I wasn't there when that went down. But simultaneously thinking, oh, I wish I'd been there when that went down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, boy, I don't like the cops very much, but also, mm, well oh, done, cops. Well done, that's cops. Good. Also, like, <laughs> oh, I feel bad for those dealers. They were quite nice. But also, <laughs> bad luck, dealers. <laughs> <laughs> It was a confusing wow, time in my great. life, to be honest. But I've never heard of anything Almost like that. Like not, the... not in this country, before or since. Nah. Well, I mean, I've, I think I've said before, like when I was kind of young, me and me and my mates, we just never got into drugs because they were just so hard to get. Yeah. You know, we I just wouldn't have known where to, where to have asked. 
Yeah. Um, it just it, so we just stuck with beer and and that because it was just easier to get your hands on, and um, so yeah, relatively drug free. Yeah. Uh, upbringing. For the better, I think you know. Oh, with hindsight, sure. yeah, I think it was just there was it was prevalent in in my environment because it was just like yeah, I mean, people, London people just going, yeah. do, do you want? When you're very young, people just saying, do you want some of these drugs I've got? Yeah, and you go, you end up going, yeah, and then it keeps happening like that for a while, and then you say, can I buy some off of you? And they go, yeah, all right, mm. they're not do that, and then you say, actually, I, I'm I've now developed a taste for it. And I need you to direct me towards the person you buy it off. And then after that, mm. you're fucked. Next thing you know, you're 40 years old in the fucking Priory. Cry, yeah, crying and throwing cash at them, begging begging them to make it stop. But I guess it's that thing. The bigger the city, the more vice there is and the easier it is to get involved. I remember once, mm. this is probably about 20 years ago, I was walking through Manchester and I just got approached by a, a, um, a middle-aged woman who offered to suck me off for 20 quid. Wow. Just in the middle of the street. Yeah. And, um, and what did you I, say I, to I, that? I, 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 I declined. Um, I, she wasn't particularly attractive, I felt. No. Uh, I mean, that's not really important, to be honest. No. Um, it's not really... It's a simple... Um, suck-off transaction then no I would like uh, no I mean call me sniffy but call me romantic yeah I'm the romantic type I would want them to be pretty (laughs) (laughs) I mean it was it was I was startled. I was startled. Let's just say that. I told you about when I when I lived on a road in Notting Hill and there was all these prozies on the corner. And it was it was the local prozzy corner. But they were when I say prozzies, I mean they were proper like crack. Prozies, like they were, they were, they were terrifying. Street walkers, I think yeah. Call we them, we they? moved in, and only once we'd moved in did we realise that on the corner of our street that we were quite close to the corner. Uh, around about nine pm, ten pm every night, they would just mm. gather around, and it was pretty Start scary. About they were pretty scary. They were like you know when you see photos of the dangers of drugs, like almost skeletal like features, and yeah, it, and. and I was like, fine. It wasn't like I was going to call the police or anything like that. It wasn't like they were really antisocial. But mm. sometimes what it would be like, sometimes if I was driving home late, because in those days I worked in the evening a lot, and if I drove home late and parked the car, and you know, like when you're just parking out and it's late and you're quite tired and all you want to do is get in your house. And, and as mm. I was parking the car, they would assume that I was pulling up looking for business, right? What yeah. And as I pulled up and started parking, suddenly this face, like of a wild woman, like a skeletal with like bulging eyes, all bloodshot and like mad scarecrow mm. hair and like, you know, gaps in their teeth, suddenly appear at my window. <laughs> and you'd be like, and I, I would, yeah, exactly. Is it my pretty? Is it? Do you? Does thou want your cock sucking? Right? And I'd be like, only, only I mean, 20 groats. I'd be like, no, I live there. Just let me go in my home to my girlfriend. Please. I'm a local resident. Let I me, want no grievance with you. Let me pass. <laughs> let me pass, old crone. Let me pass, I beg you. Please, oh, please don't suck me death. off. Fifteen. I'll give, you, I'll give you fifteen pounds just to leave me alone. Oh, that seems fair enough. Jalapeño. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. Yeah, I used to like jump out of my skin when they caught me by surprise. And I must have also told you this, that in the end, like we were renting, this was in my 20s, and we, we rented a flat that was like on the first floor of a house. But mm. then my uncle, who was quite rich, he he moved into the road. We'd been living there like a couple of years. And he said, listen, there's a house for sale at the other end of your road. I'm thinking of buying it. I said, great, we'll be neighbours. I was really excited, right? Because he's an uncle that I'm like pretty close to. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I said, yeah, that's great. And he said, yeah, but, you know, <clears throat> what's it like around there? I went, what do you mean? And what's it like on that street? And I said, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. I don't know what you mean. And he said, Well, you know, is it rough? And I just sort of laughed because how much does it cost to get sucked off? Yeah, if you lived in if you live in that part of London in that era, right? Then you know, you you, you take your if it was just sort of a very colourful and 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 sometimes adventurous area, right? And it, and uh, it was sort of like. There was always something going on in the in Labrook Grove kind of area, All right? All stripes of human life existed. Yeah, there. yeah. So it wasn't like the worst <laughs> place human in the world. Zoo, it wasn't. It wasn't the most dangerous place to live. But at the same time, don't go and live there if you shit yourself about things very easily. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And um, and so I just said, oh, yeah, it's fine. But one of the reasons I said it was fine was that the police had done a clear up a few weeks beforehand, where they'd just turned up on the corner one night and just basically nicked everyone. And there'd probably been some complaints, not from me, because I would not complain about the process. I, my attitude was, they're doing what they need to do, and they're not—they're not, they're not yeah. bothering me, apart from occasionally <laughs> surprising me at my car window. Uh, I can live with that. Do you know what I mean? I thought they've got enough shit going on in their lives without me fucking getting them nicked. But someone had fucking grasped, and the, the police cleared it all up. So I didn't think to mention that to my uncle. Anyway, he bought the house. I'm sure it was very expensive. And uh, he moved in. I knew what day he was moving in. And he moved in, like, he's my aunt and my three cousins, they they were, the my three cousins were kids, so they all went away, like, to the countryside and left him to oversee the move, right? So on the right. first night... Well, they went, they went away, like, in the Second World War. Yeah, they, 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 the were, they were literally, and I always sort of thought, <laughs> this is a really good idea, I, I aspire to this. So it's like... Right, we're moving. That's a hassle. We're going to fuck mm. off and stay with our mate, right? And we won't come back till you tell us the whole move is done and all of our stuff is done in the yeah. house, right? Lovely way to approach it. And so that's what they did. And so he told me, I'm moving in. I'm on my own on the first night. 
And for whatever reason, I couldn't go around and see him. I think I was out. He's about uh, 15 years older than me, this uncle, right? And uh, in the middle of the night, um, you know, I've said to my girlfriend, I said, oh, it's great. My uncle's moved in down the road. What a laugh. He's going to be there. It's his first night. I hope he really enjoys it. In the middle of the night, we're woken up by by these these words. I'll never forget them. These exact words woke me up in the night. Just give me the fucking crack! (laughs) (laughs) Like words that leave nothing to the imagination. So I've fucking woken up with a start, looked out the window, and one of the drug whores is back, and Mm -hmm. she is arguing with, I don't know whether he was her pimp, he was some Mm. sort of associate, but he didn't look like he was in good shape either. And they were in the middle of the road having the most almighty, violent profanity strewn row over God. a rock of crack at like two or three in the morning and I could see across the street the house my uncle had bought right and I'm looking <laughs> up the street and I just remember, I just see the light in the bedroom window suddenly come on it was his first night and I felt so responsible that I was like I'm gonna have to go down and settle these two down because I suddenly feel responsible for the atmosphere in this street he's just spent All a right. fucking million quid Right, and uh, and she and I just get a text, and it just said something like from him. Like a minute after I see his light going, I just get a text from him going, "For fuck's sake!" <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly after, the crack calls all returned, which he did sort of blame mm. me for. But yeah, I don't think they interfered with his lifestyle. It was just one of those things that you get used to. Just part of the local colour. It was charm, another one. I mean, I you know, it's that sort of area. You walk like 30 seconds past the crack horse and there's like an artisan bakery knocking out the old fucking yeah, sourdough, mate. for everyone. And the flat whites. That sort of place. So yeah. you just got to live with it or not, you know? Yeah. So, so that's yeah. crack horse for you. So well, let's see what this advert says then that we're looking at. Sensible... Light Systems and Horticultural Supplies. Oh. Uh, based in Newport and Gwent. The right light, people, for all your growing needs. Uh, I've got to start wearing my reading specs for these class- classified ads because the lettering's just too small. Uh, Specialisation in all aspects of hydroponics. Uh, full nutrient range, eco, europonic and... Fluorescent sodium. This is just gibberish. Fucking bollocks, isn't it? And I don't suppose that any of it worked either, but there's a lot of, again, like I say, there's a lot of gullible middle-class kids called called Jeremy and Sebastian who are like fucking, who somehow, who get an allowance. That's how you know they're posh. It's not called pocket money. It's called an allowance. They get an allowance and they've saved up their allowance and they think, yeah, we're going to buy some lights and grow a massive crop. But I don't yeah. think it ever worked. There's another idea for what's called smoking paraphernalia and herbs. But yeah. the text, even with my reading glasses on, is so teeny tiny. I mean, it's terrible advertising. There's loads of text. Well, it's really small. Not the There's no pictures. Men like us, whose eyes are starting to pack up. Fuck me. These are. I mean, I might have to get new glasses, mate. They get a full colour eight-page catalogue. I can see that much. Illustrating uh, over 100 of our best-selling lines. £1.60. We aim for dispatch of goods by return of post, and we are very discreet. 
our full mail order lists are sent out for free. So it's a P.O. box. But, yeah, I mean, I suppose the police just wouldn't have had time to look at this because it would be an easy arrest, an easy collar, as I believe they say mm. in the world of cops, Andy. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think that... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know whether they'd say, well, well let's, just, let's just insist on the P.O. box people giving us a... Uh, giving us the the identity of the person who's got this PO box, and then we'll know who yeah. it is that's selling drugs in the post, and we'll arrest them. Why didn't they do that? Don't know. Why, Andy? Why? You can't. Why? You, you can't go back. You can't go back. But then the one in the bottom left hand corner is play by mail soccer star, the world's original biggest and best soccer play by mail game. So, we were talking about so the, the, we were talking about fantasy league, league, and this is then, the, this is a bit before that, isn't it? Yeah, this looks a bit more complicated. Um, features in this world-beating game include full match reports, including match highlights, giving details of all major match events, goals, own goals, penalties, near misses, fouls, bookings, sendings off, substitutions, etc. Match statistics showing shots on and off target, corners, percentage of play, offsides. This is the stat revolution that's mm. taken over football recently. They ahead of its time. The, the people who did this didn't realise what they were starting. Yeah. Because the Americanisation. This game was in your head. You couldn't see it. So the, that's what. They, I, I know stats. we've moaned loads, loads and loads and loads and loads and loads about stats and the football hipster and the need amongst the young generation of football fans to sort of turn the game into some kind of science for whatever reasons I can't understand. But it all comes from American sport. And I was thinking about this the other day. The reason American sport is so uh, data sort of driven and and how. There is, you know, people are, are sort of engaged in the data yeah. as they are in the actual spectacle. It's for one very simple reason, Andy. Mm. American sports are really boring to watch. Yeah? Exactly, yeah. And, and, and therefore, in order to elevate it, you need to add other things that don't actually happen on the pitch for you to follow and examine and become engaged with, right? And that's mm. the stats, particularly NFL and baseball. Because basketball's yeah. obviously slightly less boring than them, right? Yeah. So it's those two ones where they just go on and on about the stats, right? And ditto cricket here in this country. Yeah, cricket's a fun sport, but it can be fucking boring and drag on a bit. And they do wear trousers, mm. which I'm sorry, that rings alarm bells for me, right? Any sport in yeah. trousers. So, well, I know, you, I know you feel like that. That's why darts and snooker are... Something that I don't think you'll ever ah, but you know the thing is, fully. they're indoor sports. So there's yeah, so tra- trousers indoors are okay, but if you're doing a sport outdoors and you're wearing neatly pressed trousers, you've got a problem. Anyway, I think again, yeah. Um, the, but you know, again, you have to get step to really appreciate cricket. The spectacle itself is not thrilling enough. Because it's mm. a bunch of geezers in trousers and they don't have to spend a long time in between each bit of action just dicking around, right? Fucking, they're always titting about with their jumpers, aren't they? Can you hold my jumper? Yeah, and or wrapping them around their, their waists and stuff. He's, yeah, asking, over the he's asking one of his mates here to hold his jumper because he says it's making him feel a bit bulky. So he's, uh, he's handing it over. Oh, uh, and, and the umpire is tying the jumper around his waist. That's the fifth jumper he's got around his waist. <laughs> Fuck here now. Anyway, everyone's scribbling. If you've ever been to the cricket, which I have, 
which is a great thing to do, but they've all got their little books and they're writing their numbers down in their books, right? All of this is because the spectacle in itself is slow, stop-start and boring. Football mm. is not. Football is exciting, thrilling, 100 miles per hour, surprising, romantic, amazing, right? Uh, you don't need the stats, lads. You just need to turn up. Here's my Sandalini's How to Enjoy Football. Turn up. Get in the stadium, uh, sit on your chair, mm-hmm. say hello to the blokes next to you. Bit awkward. Hello. Hello, hello mate. You're right. You, did You're you, right, yeah. Did you come in the week? No, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it. I was working. Yeah. Anyway, oh, no, I think we'll get a result day. Get all that out of the way. Yeah. Just look at the game. Just look at it. Watch what happens. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, go home and do something else. Yeah. That's it. Don't spend any time on social media. You don't need to do. You it. don't need to do a graph. I accidentally expressed an opinion about football the other day on Twitter, which is I, I was ashamed of myself for so many reasons. One is it's so basic mm. to have opinions about football. Second is why does my opinion count? Thirdly, it wasn't even an interesting or original opinion. It was just a tweet done out of boredom and frustrating while I was watching West Ham lose to Manchester United. And all I wrote was, and I'm embarrassed to even tell you, Andy, right? Because you'll be so ashamed that a man that you work with would write a tweet so tedious. I wrote, Come on, then. I am sick of Moyes' negative tactics. I saw that tweet, yes. <laughs> what did you think? Did you think, oh, for God's sake, you're better than that, Sam? Well- I thought, well, this is this was inevitable. I thought this would come eventually, um, and what I thought was that I was my immediate response was to reply to it and to say bring back Tree Man, but I didn't yeah. think that would go down very well. Well, it was just like off the cuff. It wasn't even indicative of a bigger or deeper feeling towards or more profound. I'm not sort of. It wasn't. I wasn't one step away from going noise out. Right. I was just sort of like bored mm. and watching the telly. And I suppose it was in many ways it was a cry for help. But I regretted it as soon as I sent it. But the thing is, it's amazing the degree to which West Ham fans will get angry with each other more than other fans, right? Oh, yeah. What? I mean, I had it earlier in the season when we, we, we had two fit strikers for the entire squad and were playing with two up front. Yeah. And I was saying this was a disgrace and a, a, a massive recruitment mistake. Yeah. And people say, why would a third striker come and sit on the bench and not get oh, any game time? Classic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to go to... Sorry. Yeah, I've, we've had Continue. that same conversation at West Ham <coughs> before. Anyway, like, oh, but I'm glad to know Sunderland fans do it too because I, I was starting to think it was West Ham fans to just no, argue foot, with each other. Twitter's the worst. I don't the get involved usually in that on Twitter because although I've got a West Ham podcast, it's subscriber only and the, there's a little community who are kind of all right with it. They're, they're right, fun, yeah. you know. But on this occasion, all I said was that, 24 hours later, someone tweeted me with a screenshot of another tweet which was defending Moise's negative tactics. That Obviously, I was probably very well-reasoned, much better than my tweet, but I couldn't be bothered reading it because I didn't even believe in the tweet that I'd done. I'd just done it. Who knows yeah. why? It was like yeah. what you call a brain fart. Do you know what I mean? And this, yeah. and this guy's gone. He CC'd me in, and this is what he's written, Andy. This will astonish you. Do you know what he wrote? He wrote, mm. David Moyes is an excellent football manager, whereas Sam Delaney is excellent only at turning up on Channel 5 list shows and talking about 
choppers and how big wagon wheels were in the 70s. <laughs> Well, at least he's done his research. <laughs> I've never done anything of the sort. <laughs> I nearly wrote back and went, I've never done that. Hang on. I wasn't even alive to know about the 70s. But I can understand mm. why he would make that assumption because obviously there was a time where I popped up on a lot of fucking shitty t- talking head programmes. That is true. And none of them were about I the 70s. Because I hadn't, I would not have been qualified, and I did have some standards. I wouldn't talk about things that I had no zero experience of. Uh, but so I never mm. talked about choppers or wagon wheels in the seventies. Did okay. I turn up on a variety of other similarly cheap and shit talking head shows on Channel Five? Yeah, but like ten years ago, twenty years ago. Um, but I was a bit upset. But all I wrote was fair. Because it was fair. I'm not an excellent <laughs> football manager. He is a football manager. You wouldn't say he was excellent, but he is a football manager of experience. So, But I was only expressing an opinion. It doesn't mean that I was saying, I know more than David Boyce and I should manage West Ham. That's not what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, if, if Elon Musk wants to bring in any kind of um, massive change to Twitter now that he owns it, it, I suggest it would be not to charge people to be verified but to charge people five pence to reply to an original tweet by ah, someone. That's a great idea. Yeah. That that is that'll, brilliant. that'll cut it all down pretty quick. Mate, Just five I, pence, not much, but you'll think twice before if, you... If Elon Musk asks me, like I'd say, listen, mate, you're busy. You can't write, run this in a hands-on way. Appoint Andrew Dawson as your chief of operations and policy well, and put yeah. Dawson in charge of Twitter. Fucking well, hell. Do you think you're you going to put me in charge of COVID yesterday? Would you, would you, would in you, charge of Twitter as well? Would you limit freedom of speech quite radically? Would I limit freedom of speech radically? Oh, I don't know. I just find a way of, uh, so people could just switch off replies they didn't want to see. Yeah, I don't know how you'd do it, but there's got to be ways. Would you charge for opinions? Just... Like, so if someone wanted to express an opinion on something, they'd have to pay five pounds. I don't know. I don't care about Twitter anymore. I'm okay. sick of it. I've I've done Twitter now. I'm on other things. Completed it, mate. I'm yeah, on uh, dis- I'm on Discord these days. Yeah, see what that's about. Anyway, um, I think that's the end of the classifieds pages. Don't know what we'll do next week. There must be something else in the magazine we can look up, but we'll have a. We'll, well have maybe a we'll change subjects. Yeah, maybe we will. Maybe we'll loaded we'll issue one has week. been rinsed dry. Yeah, you don't know. You'll find out in good time. Neat and no basis. But thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, goodbye. All the best. Bye-bye.